Well, guys, this morning we want to talk about dying and growing. Dying and growing. If you've got a Bible, would you open with me to John chapter 12? John chapter 12. How do you know when you're growing? You know what I mean? Like, there's, when you're a kid, you know you're growing because you have the little measurements in the garage, right, that you take every, you know, six months or so, and there's, you know, little John, and he's, he's this tall in, in August of 1975, and then, you know, you remember doing that as a kid? We would always do that. And you can kind of measure it as, as, as a child, but, but what about when you're an adult? You know, I, I, I knew that I was starting to become an old person simply by my ears growing hair. <laughs> Inexplicably, where did that come from? It's never happened before, and now all of a sudden, you'll notice, wait, how did that get there? How long is that hair? How did I not notice that before? And you know you're losing weight, right, when your pants feel a little looser. Or you can see measurements in, in moments of growth. The question is, are you growing? Are we growing as a church? You see, God has allowed us to go through a time of testing as a church. We're in a, in a time of transition. And the question is, are we growing? Are we in a place where we are able and willing to grow, to take the next step in what Jesus is calling us to do, you and I? How do we know when we're growing as a church? How do you know when you're growing as a follower of Jesus? Well, Jesus, he, he talked about this. Many, many times he talked about this. And I want to look with you. Uh, we're going to kind of have a special morning this morning. We're going to look at John chapter 12, and then we'll have a, a couple of actual examples of this right before our eyes. So look with me. Verse 24. The context is some Greeks, some Gentiles came to Jesus and they wanted to meet Jesus. And so Philip and Andrew told Jesus about this and then Jesus says these words in verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat or a seed falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Are you following that? Verse 25, whoever loves his life will lose it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Here's Jesus, and he's talking. Things are starting to go really well for him. Not long ago, he had just resurrected Lazarus from the dead. And this was actually the week he was about to be betrayed and crucified. And things looked, they started out going really well for him that week, didn't they? And then things took a really sharp turn towards the worst. But Jesus is talking, and he says, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. Isn't that an interesting term? You see, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it never gets planted. And Jesus is using a parallel. He's saying, I'm like a seed. And anyone who follows me must be like a seed. And you fall to the ground and you die. 
The way you are now is not the way you will be then. Unless you fall to the ground and die, you remain alone. But when you do this, when you're willing to let God do the difficult work in you that it takes, that he wants to do, you bear much fruit. And I love that Jesus says much fruit. It's not a disciple here and there. We're talking much fruit. Many people's lives will be transformed. Your own life will be transformed. Your marriage, your kids, your neighbors, your, your workplace associates. We can't call them work friends. Maybe we can. It all is done through somebody like you and me that's saying, I'm willing to die. I'm willing to follow Jesus in his death and resurrection. We've got Bill Bivens over here. Bill doesn't know I'm about to do this, but I love Bill Bivens. He's such a servant here at this church. And I remember we had a conversation, Bill. You'll remember this several, like probably a year ago. And Bill told me, because he's somebody I knew from decades ago when I was a kid. You remember that? But Bill told me, he, he looked at me and he had this, this clear look in his eye. He looked straight in my eyes and he said, that Bill's dead. He died. He's gone. He's not coming back. There's a new person living here in me. And you know what? I could see it. I could absolutely see it. He's not the same guy he was. This is what God wants to do in you. And can I also say, this is what God wants to do in our church. That he wants us to die to ourselves as a, as a congregation, as a group of people. To say, it's not my will, it's your will. It's not about me, it's, it's about you, God. What do you want? What do you want to do? How can I serve you? And so... We've been praying and talking about elders, and we've been, been working on this for the last year or so. And Pastor Bud, this is one of the things he was establishing here in our church. And we are an elder-led church. That means that, that we work together as a team. And the head of this church is Christ. And the elder's job is to find out what is the Lord leading us to do and do this as a team. There's not one guy who's the CEO of this church. It's Jesus. He's the CEO. He's the one who calls the shots. And we have to get in line with what he's doing. But one of the things that's been on our hearts as leaders and elders and as a church is who's next, God? Who do you want us to bring in to this eldership? Who do you want us to bring into this team who's going to lead this church into the future? And so I'm really excited. It's something we've been praying about for quite a long time. And it's not a, a, an easy process. It's something the Lord has to do. But it's a beautiful picture of a seed falling to the ground and dying. Somebody saying, yes, I will die to myself and I will do what God wants me to do to take the next step. And so I'd like to welcome Mike Glassburn and Mike Woods. Would you welcome them up to the stage? We're going to talk with them this morning. Come on up, guys. Mike and Mike in the morning. Sounds like a radio show. Now the thing I love about these guys is, is in the midst of this transition in our church, in the midst of going through the ups and downs and the, the, the pains, the wins, the losses, they've been praying and we've been praying 
about, Lord, is it, is it me? Are you calling me to take that next step towards eldership? And both of these men have said, yes, I will follow. They've prayed. They've prayed with their wives. And, and honestly, the Lord's put it on their hearts. We had actually talked to them months ago. And, and the Lord put it on their hearts. Yes, I want to step in to this, to this calling. And there's actual verses in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 that outline the characteristics, the requirements of an elder. And we take God's word very seriously. And, and that's something that we looked at, something we prayed through. And both of these men, we as elders and we as an advisory team, feel these men not only meet the requirements, but have that particular calling on their life to be an elder and a leader here in this church. So we've already gone through a screening before we introduce them to you as a church. But what it's going to look like now is we wanted to introduce them to you to prayerfully consider these men for elders. And then next month, we'll have a, a, a family-focused meeting where we'll get together and we'll affirm them as men of God, as elders here in this church. But we wanted to give you an opportunity to get to know these guys because what, the thing I want to remind you of is God wants to do this work in all of us. Unless the seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. And so here's these men and they're saying, I will die to myself and I will become... A, I will become alive to what God wants to do next in my life. So we're going to ask them a few questions, all right? So if they say something funny, we need you to laugh, okay? Make them feel at home, all right? And uh, we're going to ask them a few questions, get to know them a little bit. But this is just a beginning. Do you understand? I want you to realize this is not us formally acknowledging them as, as it's a done deal or anything. This is the beginning of a process, and they've been willing to stand in the, in the spotlight, in the crosshairs, and say... Lord, I will be examined by you, by the leaders of this church, and the body of this church. If there's anything discordant with you and your word, Lord, bring that to my attention. Isn't that amazing? Would you be willing to do that? Would you stand up in front of people and say, okay, search me. Examine my life. See if there's anything inconsistent with scripture. I love that. And I love these men are, are stepping forward. So Mike and Mike, welcome. Good to see you guys. Um, let's start with you, Mike Woods. Uh, how did you become a follower of Jesus? Just in a few minutes, just share your, your testimony, how you became a follower of Jesus. Um, is this, can you hear me? You're good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so when I was um, eight years old, my parents divorced, and I uh, had a little bit of a rocky childhood um, as a result of that, just kind of searching for, um, um, you know, family, right? And I uh, had a good friend uh, that took me to Awanas, him and his family. And, um, and through Awanas, I, I met the Lord. And um, uh, I, I just came to know Christ, that, that, uh, that he was my family and my father always. And, um, and that he had died for my sins and, uh, and just allowed me to, to join the family. And so then I, I gave my, my life to him in 1980 um, as a follower of Christ. And um, that, that's how I came to know the Lord. And it's just been um, learning more about him every step of the way and uh, how I should, should uh, glorify him. Awesome. That's great. And a great plug for Awana, too, which is starting, by the way. Uh, we have a meeting for anybody interested in being part of the leadership this Wednesday. Be there. 
it's in your bulletin. Um, Mike, how about you? How did you become a follower of Jesus? Well, I became a Christian. I was seven years old. And uh, every summer, it's kind of almost like a want a program in a sense, but it's not. Um, but it's called the Good News Bible Club. And there was a lady. How many of you heard of Good News Bible Club before? So that's awesome. So, so it was done in our neighborhood, and I would go down. I can't remember. It was like a Friday. I don't even remember what day it was. But every day that we had it, she, her name was Nancy DeRosa. She went to this church because I grew up in this church, and, and she would give the gospel. And then I remember we would sing that 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, somewhere in outer space God has prepared for me, right? <laughs> and, uh, so Great I remember, doctrine in that in that song. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was it was awesome, you know, and I remember just singing all those songs and stuff, and then she would come down at the end, and and she just gave the gospel, and I remember just going, I want to be that one that goes up there, you know, and so she shared about what Christ did for me, and I remember, you know, it's amazing. I don't remember a ton of things, you know, bits and pieces through my childhood, but that day I remember like it was yesterday. And, and it was like I went in the kitchen. I remember what the chair looked like, I mean, back, back in the day. And, and just sitting there and her sharing that gospel with me and then praying and asking Christ into my heart. And, and then ever since then, it's just God is, even though through rebellious times and things, God has never let me go. The mm -hmm. Holy Spirit has always said, where are you doing? Where are you going? You're going the wrong direction. And so anyway, so that's kind of the way it went with my life through getting saved. That's awesome. That's great. What is something, Mike Woods, what's something that people may not know or expect about you? Uh, well, you know, I've, we've been at uh, this church since 2006, 2007, and so we've had, uh, there's a lot of people that are still here as a result of that, but there's a lot of new faces here as well. And um, I guess um, maybe a lot of people don't know that you know, my son had cancer uh, when we first got to this church. And that journey through that was our crucible of faith, really. That's where I really came to know the Lord in a, in a way that uh, I had never, never known him before. And um, it's, it's uh, I just uh, really searched him out uh, through that. Um, and as a result of that, um, for it really just transformed our whole family as uh, followers of Christ, um, so. Wow, yeah. Plus, a lot, of, uh, a lot of people don't realize this about Mike as well, but he loves the tambourine, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's his secret ambition to someday play tambourine here on this stage on a Sunday morning. I put a plug in for it every staff <laughs> meeting I can, so I don't. Uh... <laughs> but that's powerful, Mike, thank you. How about you? Well, that was a question as I was thinking through, but many of you may not know about me, but my wife, I said, what would people not know about me? Because I mean, I love to hunt, I love to fish, I love to horseback, I, I mean, I just, I do all kinds of stuff. But she's like, well, nobody really knows that you love to study theology. And it's like when we go on a vacation and we go sit out, I know this is on the spiritual side, I shouldn't have been that, went that way, but <laughs> But, you know, it's something that I grab a book of theology of some sort when we go somewhere camping. And when I sit down, I just sit and I either am reading my Bible or, or studying a book on theology, you know. 
and it's funny because I'm not really much of a reader. I don't, I don't really like reading that much, but, but I love studying theology, and, and so that's something. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you're black belt in, in karate, right? You could, like, you don't want to mess with this guy, all right? Um, be careful when you talk to him. Don't disagree with him too bad, all right? Um, of course, I'm joking. I'm, I'm working on my fuse. It was like that. Now it's about <laughs> there. Uh, so you both have been following Jesus for a long time. Mike, we'll start with you, Glasper. Um, what, what about your ministry experience? Like you've served Jesus for a long time now. Tell us about some of those experiences. Well, I went to Indiana um, to go to Bible college. I know that sounds kind of spiritual too, but truly I went to Indiana to get my wife back because she left to go to Bible college there. So, and I wasn't going to let her go there and let her be out there for all the other guys' pickings. It was like, no way, going to get her. And, but, you know, I felt that the Lord wanted me to work with youth, so, so that's where I was aiming at for ministry and stuff. And so we went back there for a few, a uh, year and a half or two, and then actually came home and, and got married. So I was successful at what I really went to do. <laughs> and, and then went to Shasta Bible College here and graduated from Shasta Bible College. Um, and then in between those times, in, uh, as we were young married, actually I see Tom sitting out there. But uh, we worked on the bus ministry for this church for quite a while. And because we were involved in a big bus ministry back in Indiana. And so it was a blessing just to serve with Tom. But we got to serve in that ministry because I grew up here. So it was from seven years old or maybe six, I can't remember, but all the way through my whole life. And then we were gone for a short season, but, and then now we're back. But uh, anyway, um, I was licensed in the ministry, um, served as a youth pastor and associate pastor out in Millville. And went uh, to Old Shasta after that and helped uh, Pastor Keith Stone um, with young marriage class and adult Sunday school. So got to be involved in several different aspects of ministry. And I always told God, I told Kelly one day, I said, I made a pact with God that if, if I wasn't pushing on something and somebody asked me to do something, I go, okay, I, I, let me pray about this. And usually it was, okay, God was saying, you need to get out and step out and do it. And that's kind of why I said, okay, I'll consider the eldership. Because it was something I wasn't pushing for. I was telling Kelly, no, I was resisting. I was kicking and screaming. And, and, and then, you know, Ben asked me, and I was like, oh, I need to pray about this. And anyway, so, so that's kind of ministry-wise what I've yeah. awesome. been involved in. Thank you, Mike. How about you, Mike? Well, I kind of struggle with this question uh, because I've been involved in uh, ministry for a while, but I didn't want to bring any attention to myself because I um, just try to serve quietly behind the scenes as much as I can, as much as I can be quiet. I don't know how much that works, but, uh, and I've co-labored um, with many of you um, through all kinds of various ministries here at the church and have been mentored by many of you um, uh, as well. You know, I've uh, served in Awanas as a youth leader along with my wife. Uh, we served here as Awana youth leaders. Uh, we've, we've worked in uh, youth ministry here um, um, previously. Um, there was a time that um, 
I served as a deacon here for a number of years. Um, was on the uh, previous pastor search committee team. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> um, and uh, um, and I worked uh, for about a year and a half on staff as part of the um, the uh, team ministry coordinator, and I still work uh, partly on that as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I've been part of the uh, the elder advisor team and. Every time I try to run away from the Lord in these areas, he seems to kind of direct me back here. I've uh, been uh, uh, helping teach Sunday school along the way. And so I've tried to be active, but not for, not for my own self, but just to, to somehow serve the Lord and, and, uh, and do his will wherever I, I thought and prayed that he might be directing me to do that. And um, so I... Even outside of all this, I just want to thank each and every one of you that has helped me along the way and guided me along the way mm-hmm. for those areas. Yeah. So. And that, that's really a good point to bring up, Mike, is, is that, uh, you know, none of us are perfect, right? You, you guys realize that. We're not saying we're perfect. You know, Chuck isn't perfect. Jim isn't perfect. We all know John is not perfect. But, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm sorry, John. I always am taking digs at him. It's just because we're such close friends. But, but really, it's not saying that we're perfect, but it's saying we're, we're growing and we're willing to take the next step. You know, that we're willing to take the next step and we're willing to take that step into faith, into what God is doing. How about you? You know, that's the question this morning is, is are you willing to be like that seed that falls to the ground and dies? You've all got priorities. You've all got passions. You've all got schedules that are full. But what about God? Where is he in all of that? What is he leading you towards? What is he leading? What's the next step for you? That's really what it's coming down to. Is there something he wants you to die to? Is there something he wants you to say no to so that you could say yes to more in him? And that's, that's what these gentlemen are doing. I love what God is doing in them and through them. Both of them have been part of our advisory team, which helps, uh, helps lead and guide the elder team. And uh, uh, Mike, I know you're faithful to serve with Awana. You help out with youth. And, and Mike, I'm always seeing you doing stuff, you know, helping lead the Berean Sunday school class for adults. And anyhow, there's a lot that God's doing. Last question. What's your heart... And desire and vision for Crosspoint. I'll give you a second to think about it, and then we'll start with you, Mike Woods. What's your heart, desire, and vision for Crosspoint? What do you see in the future? What's your heart for, for the future for this well, church? Well, I think that um, over the last couple of years, we've made um, a lot of changes here at Crosspoint. Um, I think many um, good changes and uh, and some that maybe we need some course adjustments on. And uh, my heart is for our body, bodybuilding. And I'd like to see us get back into doing some of the things that we've done well here over the years. And, uh, I, you know, I know that we do have the Great Commission and that we need to go out and reach others with uh, Christ. But we also need to build each other up and support each other through that. And so that that's my heart for ministry here is to is to kind of get back and doing the things that we did well here so that we could do the others well as, mm-hmm. as also. Awesome. Great. What about you, Mike Glassman? Is it okay if I do a little mini sermonette? 
<laughs> you all right with that? I'm loving your, your camouflage Bible, so you can take that hunting with you. Is, is that why it's camouflage? Truth Hunter. Oh, Truth Hunter, okay. So in uh, John chapter 17, you know, I was, I was praying and thinking, what, what truly is my vision? And actually Ben asked that question months ago to us as leaders and said, you guys start thinking about the vision of the church and, and your vision and just your thoughts and scriptural and, and just backing that up. Anyway, in John chapter 17, I don't know if you all are... Um, know that that was the high priestly prayer of Christ. It was when he prayed for his disciples and he prayed for us. Isn't that awesome? Hmm. I mean, right before the cross and everything else, he was praying for us. And, and it was amazing. And so Christ, he starts out, you know, and he, he prays for his own glorification. And then he prays for the believer's protection, the believer's sanctification. And I'm just kind of going through a couple of things that were highlighted in the unity of the believer's and then the believer's ultimate glorification. And so as I was reading it, I was reading in verse 17, it says, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. And, and Pastor Ben has been preaching about the word, right? The last few weeks and so, and you know, it's, it's how we are separated from the world. That's, and it's how we grow that process of sanctification, right? As a believer, we will continue to grow if we get into God's word, but, but it can't stop at reading it. It has to be obeyed because he always says, if you obey my commandments, right? And he's constantly, Jesus just pounded that in the ground of just in obedience. So it's putting action to the word of God. So once we study it, once we read it, that truth starts sanctifying us. It starts separating us and changing our lives. And the second thing was for the purpose here, and it says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, which was the immediate disciples, but for those also who believe in me through their word, and that's us, and that they may be, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. And this is the purpose. If you ever see a so that in the scripture, you're going to look at a purpose clause. So that the world may believe that you sent me. Unity in the body of believers. We are at a crucifix in our church, you know, uh, uh, of just where it's at and all this going on. And, and uh, you know, some would say it's, it could be a crisis. I mean, but, but nonetheless, it's a growing time for each one of us. And if we sanctify our life in the truth and we're obedient to the truth, then we can be as in unity as a body of believers. Do you, you believe that? Yeah. You know, and then from that, in the end, it says, and I have made your name known to them and will make it known so that we have that purpose clause again. The love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. The love for one another is going to grow. If we're obedient to God's word and then we become a unified body of believers, the world will see God's love through us because it's not natural. And anyway, I'm done. But 
So, so just really the vision for the church, the vision for my life is to allow God's word to sanctify me and strive to be obedient to it. And I don't always do that. But, and then to be in unity with one another, not chewing each other apart if we disagree or, you know, we have a thought, you know. It's what does God's word say about it? And, and then just love one another and allow that to go out and echo through this community because it needs it. Amen. Amen. I love that. And, and it, the thing I love about all of this is that God is working and he's orchestrating all of this. Do you realize that? Do you recognize that? You know, I, I love that Chuck has so many strengths that I don't have on the older team. And John has so many strengths that I don't have. And Jim, the same way. And, and the same with, with Mike. And Mike, it, it's, it's one of those things that God orchestrates this. And when we submit to one another as an elder team, and we're able to do that because we are committed to the truth of the word, and we're also committed to dying to self. When we're able to do that as an elder team, it gives us unity, it gives us clarity, and it gives us vision. And, and Mike has things that he cares about that maybe I, I never noticed those. And maybe Chuck has things that he, he thinks of that I, I never would have thought of. And as a team, we're able to be a more complete image of who Jesus is. To better equip the, the, the body of Christ. And that's the same with, with us as a church. If we could just hold to the truth, what does God's word say? If that's our question. And if we could ask the question, how does God want me to die to self? Am I willing to, to literally be a living sacrifice, dead to self? That is the, the beginning point of unity. Lord, what do you want in me? What do you want in us? And I love that God's doing that. Can we, can we thank them for coming up here? Thank you, guys. Thank you for taking your time. And thank you for being willing. So what the next month is going to look like is these men have literally stepped into the spotlight. And they've said, evaluate me. Pray about me. Look at my life and see if there's anything discordant with Scripture, if there's anything that's not consistent with God's Word, especially with His requirements for eldership in 1 Timothy 3 and in Titus chapter 1. And we want to do that prayerfully as a church. We as leaders have already done this and they've passed our screening. But now it's up to us as a church body. What we're asking you to do is if, if you have red flags or you have questions, that's great. But would you privately bring those up to one of the leaders? Myself, Chuck, Jim, or John. Would you, you can write us an email. If you've got a red flag or you've got something in your spirit that's just a check, you can ask us about that. You can also talk to Mike or Mike. They're approachable. You can say, hey, I wonder about this. I noticed your shirt wasn't tucked in. So are you really, do you really have what it takes to be an elder? You know, hopefully that's not where your thinking is. All right. And then on the 16th of September, we want to have another family-focused meeting and, and please don't wait to the 16th of September to bring up any red flags or concerns that you have. On the 16th, if we haven't heard anything by then, we're going to believe that this is God's will for our church. And we will affirm them as a church body. Do you understand? So that's happening on the 16th. So that's about a month away. Now what about you and me? 
You know, God's calling for an elder is very specific and it's, it's a special thing. But God has a calling for your life. Did you know that? He has a next step that he wants you to take. He loves you. Did you know God loves you? He loves you just the way you are. But he refuses to let you stay that way. That's a line from Max Lucado. <laughs> but it's absolutely true. God loves you right where you're at. But he refuses to let you stay that way. Unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, if, if is a conditional clause, it means that you have a choice in the matter. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Not a little bit, but much fruit. Fruit. Is that you? Do you want God to take your life and say, Lord, I'm done. I'm done with my sin. I'm done with all that I've done. All of the, the wickedness, all of the fighting, all of the anger, all of the whatever it is. And Lord, I'm dead to that. I'm dying to that. And I want you to raise me to new life in Jesus. That's what we're celebrating this morning with communion. That's what we're talking about. And these men are a picture of that right here and right now. Lord, I want, it's not me. I want you to live through me. But that's God's call for each and every one of you. That's God's plan and will and desire for you in your marriage or in your workplace or in your family. I love Romans 12, 1 and 2. Do you remember that verse, those verses? I implore you, my brothers. I beseech you to be a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, continually dying. To be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. It's the starting point. It's the least you can do. That's the very foundation of growth. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That's a passive verb. It means you allow God to transform you and renew your mind through his word, through his spirit, and through his people. What does God want to do in you? Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied right now that, oh, I'm good. I'm good with God. I've got enough. The more you have, the more you need. I don't ever want to be done growing. I don't ever want to have enough of God. I want more. I want more. I want more of him. How about you?